Since my great resignation in 2021, I've been on a quest to calm my mind and create space for pursuing my passions through deep reflection, breath work, embracing single tasking and other sort of lifestyle changes that I've talked about in previous episodes. I've experienced profound shifts in my mindset and my lifestyle. This past week, a client introduced me to the book, Don't Believe Everything You Think by Joseph Wynn. I was initially a bit skeptical given that he'd heard about the book from TikTok. I also wasn't quite sure what I'd get from an audiobook that was only a little over two hours. But I was pleasantly surprised. The book really got me thinking. Was my thinking still getting in my way? Hello, I'm Nassim, and welcome to Becoming My Stronger Me, a podcast designed to help you become stronger in mind, body, and heart. Up until a few years ago, my journey was pretty linear, following a traditional path. And then, in a perfect storm of circumstances, I pivoted to pursue a more fulfilling and meaningful life. Join me as I share what I've learned about myself that's helped me to become my stronger me. I've spent nearly my whole life encouraged to think. Think about things in detail. Think big picture. Think critically. Think strategically. But rarely have I been challenged to not think. Of course, when we're meditating, we're told to clear our minds. And for me, as soon as I'm told not to think, I begin to think a lot. Calming and quieting my mind is something that I'm still working on. And Joseph Wynn's book made me think, what could I do if I really opened myself up to intentionally not thinking? At first glance, thoughts and thinking might seem like the same thing, but they're actually quite distinct. Thoughts are those spontaneous mental phenomena that arise in our minds while thinking involves that deliberate process of analyzing and synthesizing these thoughts. The benefit of thoughts lie in their creativity and spontaneity. They spark inspiration, they fuel our passions, and they shape our perceptions of the world around us. On the other hand, thinking allows us to harness the power of our thoughts by critically examining them, discerning truth from fiction, and gaining deeper insights into ourselves and our experiences. Joseph Wynn's book, Don't Believe Everything You Think, and I'll have a link to that in the description of this podcast, delves into the nature of our thoughts and the impact they have on our lives. He presents a framework for understanding and managing our thought patterns, empowering us as readers to cultivate that mental resilience and well-being. In the book, he posits that thinking is the root cause of all suffering. Now I get it. Negative emotions don't always mean we're suffering. But he posits that it's the thinking part of the process that's that root cause. And that there's no answer to why we feel negative emotions other than it's from our thinking. 
And he believes that everything can be traced back to our thinking, which makes problem solving really simple. Once we realize that our thinking is causing how we feel, if we let it go, let go of the thinking, we could return to our natural state of peace and love and joy. And when we let go of our thinking, it really creates that space for us to be able to allow all those positive emotions that we want to feel surface from within us. He believes that it is our thinking that has control over us if we believe it. In the resources that he provides, not only in the book itself, but then also the PDF that you can get from his website, he shares guides for a variety of things, including a guide on how to stop thinking. It's not the easiest thing to do, but what he shares that if we are able to eliminate the things around us that make us more prone to think, those things around us that put our bodies in a fight or flight mode, if we're able to eliminate them, then we can more easily go into a state of non-thinking. He also shares that we could eliminate as many things and actions in our life that don't inspire or excite us in order to stop thinking. Things like creating a morning ritual and helping us start a day in a more peaceful, non-thinking state is something he believes that would really help us move into a place where we could be open to our thoughts. Again, stopping our thinking. Creating those spaces maybe at at the end of our day when we're able to decompress and relax and recover could also then return us to this space of non-thinking after a long day. You could journal or take a walk or meditate, play with your pets, take a nap, do yoga, anything that is relaxing to you. So what is this framework that he's positing on how to stop thinking? He's basically saying that we need to realize that thinking is the root of all of our suffering. And realize that if we're suffering, if we're experiencing a lot of negative emotions, then we're probably thinking. And in order to do this, we really need to understand the difference between thinking and thoughts. And instead of trying to find the root cause, instead understand that it's actually the thinking that is the root cause. Now, it's really interesting as someone who has been taught to think, who has spent their career thinking, who I would say I identify as someone who's a pretty good critical thinker and strategic thinker, to then say that it is actually our thinking that's causing our suffering. He is not saying that we should just altogether stop thinking or altogether stop thinking critically or altogether stop thinking strategically or in detail or big big picture. He's not saying those things at all. Instead, he's saying that when we are in a negative space, when we are suffering, to use his word, we need to get rid of or eliminate the thinking that is the root cause of that suffering. And create a space for that persistent negative thinking, you know, allow them to be there 
acknowledge them for what they are, understand that there is a space for them and for them to be processed, but that then they can be let go. They only have power if we give them power over us. And once we're able to do that, once we're able to detach from that thinking that is causing those negative emotions, then we very naturally return to a positive state of peace and love and joy. Now, the book does include quite a bit of reference to um, the universe and energies in the world and so forth. And so I understand that there might be some people who are fairly skeptical about that, but I think at its core and what resonated with me is this idea that in order to be creative, in order to pursue our passions, in order to kind of get out of our own way, we almost need to stop thinking and let the thoughts pour in and then kind of decide what to do with them. So again, I don't think the author here, Joseph Wynn, is necessarily saying we should go through life not thinking. He's not saying that at all. Instead, he's saying that we could more intentionally cultivate states of non-thinking, places and spaces where we can allow creative ideas to flow and for thoughts to occur instead of being so busy in our minds that we're unable to allow space for that kind of thought. So how will we know if we are in a state of non-thinking? You have to think about whether you're thinking or not, and therefore then you're thinking. So in the book, I found that a little bit hard to digest initially, but then in thinking about other episodes that I've done and other research that I've done, this state of flow, when we talk about flow state, whether it's for an athlete or whether you're engaged in the world in that very focused way where you lose that sense of time and space, and sometimes even you kind of lose yourself in the task or in the activity, that is the state of non-thinking. You just feel kind of one and one with life and present in the moment, that's when you'll know that you're not thinking. Some people might instead want to use the word overthinking. I'm not sure how the author would feel about that. I would be comfortable with that if that helps the understanding of thoughts versus thinking. How can we create an environment that's conducive to non-thinking? Well, we need to create this reality from the inside out. And so really being able to be present in our breath, be present with ourselves and quiet that mind is what we're pursuing. So how can we do that in a world that has so much stimuli? Oftentimes people will do things like close their eyes or be in a quiet room, maybe in even a dark room, or make sure that they don't have their digital devices around, they turn off their notifications, they find a way to quiet the external world stimulus so that they can quiet their internal world as well. So it might be worth doing an audit for yourself. 
write down all the things that come to mind that make you feel calm or relaxed. And some of the things might be obvious, but make that list. And if you have trouble coming up with things, remember this is this is a process. So even coming up with a few and then maximizing those will probably open the doors to finding others as well. Take that list and then organize them, write them down into different categories. Do they fall in the um, physical health environment? So are there places and spaces where you could put your body in a more relaxed state? Are there things in your physical environment? Are there things in your digital environment and how you consume social media or the digital space? And then organize the list so that you rank them in terms of what is most effective for you. And then begin to use this as a tool, right? Think through it intentionally and then use that as a tool to create these non-thinking environments for yourself. What I wish I had known when I was working full-time. So the other bit of this as I was listening to this book was a real reflection on how much I've grown since my great resignation. And I am so grateful that I've had this opportunity to calm my mind, to reflect, to have the time and the space and the energy to put into investing in my passions and my passion spaces and finding a balance for myself that is more in line with my health goals and my mindset goals and my lifestyle goals. So I'm grateful for the opportunity, but it did make me think about what I could have done differently when I was working and whether or not I did some of those things to keep myself creative, keep myself in a space where I could receive and experience this kind of flow state or that mental quietness that would allow for the creativity and work in my passions and how I could do that in a work environment. Well, Joseph Wynn shares uh, not only in the book, but also in the resources that he has online, a framework for implementing non-thinking into your work. And I thought it was really important to elevate these ideas in the podcast, but also encourage you to go read and explore some of these for yourself. So for those of you who are listening and are working full-time, or even if you're working part-time and working in a variety of different places and spaces that you find that it's very hard to leave space in that work environment or in the professional environment for this kind of creativity, for this kind of mental clarity that can come when we empty our minds out and be open to thought as opposed to being in a constant state of thinking, these tips might be for you. So he shares that you should create a list of all the things that you do at work that drain you of your energy things that either you don't like doing or they feel heavy when you do them. You overall, you're not fulfilled by doing those sorts of activities or tasks at work. So create that list and then create a list of all the things you do in your professional space or in your job at your work that gives you energy, that makes you feel inspired, 
energized, alive, light, that motivate you to do more. Create that list. And then take this, both sides of this, these two lists, put them together and go back through them and give a rating for each activity. He suggests a one to 10 scale, one being extremely energy draining and 10 being you just feel super energized and alive and inspired after you do that task or engage in that activity. Rate each one of the things on both of those lists on that scale from one to 10. And this is the part that I find really interesting, kind of a systematic approach to moving the needle on this is each week, take one to three things from those energy draining list and eliminate them or do substantially less of them if you can't eliminate them. And of the activities that are more on that nine to 10 on your list, those super energizing, inspiring activities that make you feel kind of alive and motivated, do more of those. And the goal, as he shares it, is to get to a point where you are spending about 80% of your work time doing the things that are a nine or a 10 on your list. And only 20% in all the rest of the continuum. Now, I know that sounds like it could be pretty impossible, but I'm wondering if as we begin to eliminate the heaviest, most draining things, are some of the other things on our list, do they end up energizing us more or does it free up enough mental space and emotional space to be inspired to do more in those other categories that really are very fulfilling. And if you're in a position, if you're at a job, at a professional environment where this is absolutely not possible, it may be worth thinking through what makes it not possible. What are those barriers that are in your way? And how can you begin to overcome those kinds of barriers? It is not an easy process. He does not share that this is an easy process. He does share, however, that can it can be a very intentional process. And I love that. It was a very simple idea, succinctly presented. He provides a lot of resources. And it got me thinking. And I think how beautiful is that to be exposed to fill our minds, to fill our time with things that challenge us to grow and to evolve. So as we conclude today's episode, I invite you to read Joseph Wynn's book, Don't Believe Everything You Think, and take some time to reflect on your own relationship with thoughts and thinking. Remember that cultivating awareness and practicing mindfulness you can find greater clarity, peace, and fulfillment in your life. As always, thank you for joining me on this journey of exploration and growth. And until next time, embrace the power of non-thinking and live mindfully. Join me in the Becoming My Stronger Me Facebook group as we talk about questions and reflections from this episode, or send me a message on Instagram at StrongerMe, sharing your story, your questions, your reflections. 
I'd love to hear from you. Let's learn from each other and build a supportive community so that you can become your stronger you.